Amen. Well, good morning. Woo. Good to be with all of you today and those by live stream. And we're uh, just excited here at the Life Church, and God is just so good. Man, what a, what a blessing. I, um, I know that uh, there's a lot going on in our world today, and there's, there's a, um, a lot of stressors that, that's happening. We, we have it from just um, overall inflation and coming out of the pandemic and, you know, everybody's, you know, trying to talk about, you know, well, COVID, you know, is raising its ugly head again. And, and we do have some that, that are battling that. And so not to, not to make light of any of these things. I know that uh, uh, if, if you filled up your vehicle lately, Come on, ouch! <laughs> and uh, and and then all the way to the whole political scene and what's going on. So there there's a there there is things that's that's just pressing. And and I pray that uh, today just that there's a refreshing that, that happens here. If you came for a political message or or uh, to to somehow somehow you know somebody's going to you know tote your banner or something. Listen, the only banner we got is Jesus. Amen. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely take a stand where the Word of God, you know, has that. And we believe in having a biblical worldview. I think that's a big part of the problem today. And uh, we may touch a little bit here or there. You know, because, you know, I pray, I, I, I seek God, I kind of have a general direction. And I thought I had kind of laid out where I was going, and I had to uh, send the team and say, okay, different direction, t ditch the notes, you know, I'll still use a couple of those scriptures, but um, I, th I, th I really believe that, that, that God's wanting to speak to our hearts, amen? But let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, and, and Lord, we, we do come before you, and God, foremost, Lord, we just, we're grateful of just all that you have given us that you have blessed us with um just the freedom and liberty found in christ and lord even even for our our nation and its founding and in the freedoms that it has represented and yet uh with such uh turmoil and such difficulty and and uh even not getting it right and and uh lord we just continue to pray and lift up our nation right here uh, where we live, and Father, we pray the will of God be done, the kingdom of God be, be done, Lord, that, uh, that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord, and Father, that we would continue to carry this gospel into all the world, not only to this nation and to, to right here where we live, but Lord, in, in all the world, Father, that's your heart, is with so many people groups, so many that have never even heard the name of Jesus, and, Lord, we just, we just hear your calling, and we just want to respond and say we're here. And, Father, we're grateful for the benefits and the blessings that you give us in Christ. And, Lord, we ask for rain. And, Father, we thank you that you have told us that we can stand in that place and that we can ask in faith, believing, and we can receive. And, Father, we're asking here in West Texas that you would send rain upon our land. Father, have mercy. And, Father, we just thank you for that. We, we just pray that, uh, that you just watch over us and, and uh, continue to prosper us. In, in spite of what has gone on in the world, Father, I thank you that we have a kingdom. 
that we're a part of with kingdom economy, kingdom blessing, and, Lord, that you just prosper us. And, Lord, that our faith will be engaged in that, and we'll talk more about that than any of the problems of the world. And, Father, I pray that you just order our steps today as we go through this service. Cause me to speak as an oracle of God, and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I want to talk to you about being a friend of God. Come on, how many remember the song, Friend of God? And, and so, because that, that somewhat, it, it, it takes you to a little bit different kind of place. I think that sometimes we, we, we focus on being a child of God, right? And, and, and that was a big part of the conversation. We're going to look at the life of Abraham and, and uh, some things that I think... Um, we have to understand how to make this connection and allow the thread of, of what God intended from the very beginning all the way through the lineage up to Christ and, 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 and w- what that offers us, what that should do for us. Um, because, listen, I, I know that there, there's a, there's a I, I, I don't know how to say it, just bad theology. You know, that, that uh, you know, wants to somehow ditch anything that was spoken before the cross. And that's not biblical. That's not sound doctrine. That's not theologically sound. And so when you, now do you read it in light of what the cross produced? Absolutely, on this side of the cross. So it comes through a filter. And so you, you take it through the filter. And there are things scripturally that are eternal, that were set and and they're perpetual all the way through. There are things that did change in how their impact or how we live it or how that affects us. And then there are also things that completely were done away with at the cross, like blood sacrifice. And so you've got to take and look at the cross as being the filter in what happens in that process. And, and you've got to look at those connections. And what you'll find concerning Abraham, that connection is there from early on, prior to the law, with his life, and, and, and it tracks all the way through, and you see it where Jesus is making a lot of references to it, and then you see it on the other side in the epistles. You see him talked about in the book of Acts. You see him talked about there in the epistle. Paul writes about it. James writes about Abraham. And so we want to, we want to kind, of, kind of look at this and because, because Abraham uh, sometimes is, is looked at as almost one-dimensional in, in his life. And yet the, the character of who he was and how he lived his life was celebrated by Jesus. Now, if Abraham was celebrated by Jesus, don't you think we ought to do some celebrating of Abraham? And so what is that? And what does that look like? And so, because, because you know, the, uh, the Pharisees missed it, you know. I mean, they were, they were celebrating Abraham, but it was through a very um, religious order of things um, by just being born Jewish that they claim to be Abraham's children, and, and Jesus blew that up. We'll, we'll look at some of that. And then, um, 
you know, so, so I, I, let, let's, let's just read right here. I, I've got this passage in James chapter 2. I believe we got this one. And I'll just read through verse 23. James chapter 2, verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his own son, on the altar? Do you see that faith, look at this, do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works of or actions? So don't, don't confuse that like works of the law. This is works of faith. By actions, corresponding action of faith was made perfect or complete is a better translation. Complete. What happens when you bring something to completion? In verse 23, And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, right standing with God, and he was called the friend of God. Abraham was called a friend of God. I don't know about you, but I would like to just be called a friend of God. To be a friend of God. And so, what does that look like? Now, now let, me, let, me set, let me go ahead and give you another one here to, to try to better understand. And, and I'm, you almost have to read the whole chapter, but in the book of Galatians. Now, remember, the, the epistles, typically, they're all letters that, that Paul, the Pauline epistles, even more so, it seems, are letters that are written to the early church, and most of them were giving instruction, giving correction. Now, he packaged it well. He, did, he was, he was a, a great leader. He, he would start with, with lots of encouragement. You'll see lots of grace and peace, and, you know, I hear good things, and, and, and then all of a sudden it's like, pump you up, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom! Oh! Hits you with some truth. <laughs> and then by the end of the letter, he's back to praising <laughs> and giving good thanksgiving. That's pretty good. That's the sandwich of leadership right there. Right? <laughs> I want to encourage you, but here's some things we got to talk about. We got to have some courageous conversation. This isn't looking quite right. This needs to. Come on, how do you get better? You, you got to look, you got to inspect, you know, what you expect in leadership. You got to inspect what you expect in your life. I, I, I think that we have to do that. We, we don't want to get caught totally introspective, you know, to where it's, you know, we're navel gazing, you know, and we're always beating ourselves up for not being all that we should be. But you still got to do a checkup. Come on. I mean, you go to the doctor, you get a checkup. <laughs> well, the older you get, the more you need to go to the doctor get a checkup. <laughs> in the same way, you, you check in. Holy Spirit, I, I do this regularly every morning. I, I mean, I'm, I'm allowing him to, to continue to bring transformation. Not behavior modification. Come on. Inward transformation. So look what Paul does in the book of Galatians. Paul really starts addressing this whole legalism thing. Because 
what happened in the early church, they started, they started drifting off again, and you had a lot of Jewish leaders that started trying to impose all the legalism of the law. Now again, that's not just the word. They had all kinds of laws. You couldn't pick up over so many sticks. You couldn't take over so many steps. You couldn't... Come on, human, human nature is to always create some religious order. If I could just do this, then I'm accepted. No, our acceptance before God came through Jesus, the only one that was perfect enough to make covenant with God. Amen? And so Paul is addressing this, and, he, and he's pretty strong in it. He's like, who has bewitched you? Who's deceived you? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now perfected by the works of the law? So Paul's addressing this. He hits chapter 3, and he brings this incredible revelation back into this place. And I want to capture it really in this one verse but if you'll read in your, in your time, I hope that, hope that sometimes you, you show up on Sundays and you just get inspired to go study your Bible more. Go read your Bible. You can check us out. <laughs> Here in verse 29 of chapter 3, it says, And if you are Christ, if you're in Christ, if you've truly surrendered your life and made Jesus Lord, of your life, and I'll talk about that. Then you are Abraham's seed. Look at this. Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. A couple of key things here. Because this really talks about the seed, singular. And, it, and, and if you read this in some of the other translations, in, in like the New Living, it really does give some great... Um, insight into it kind of breaks it down real simplistic but it's about the seed see you go all the way back okay adam and eve they're in the garden they have the fall i'm, I'm doing fast version right here hang on buckle up here we go and 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 here they are they they fail miserably so sin enters in so the curse is there and then but but as god is is speaking to the woman he makes this statement he said that the serpent, the snake, is going to bruise the heel of, the, of your seed, but he will crush his head. Sometimes prophetically, there are things spoken that have prophetic meaning way out here. Because if you go back and you look at really and you break that down, God wasn't speaking about their children right after them. Seed singular, that's prophetic of Jesus. And even though Satan would bruise his heel, because that's when you when you read, that's that's what happened. And he was bruised for our iniquities. There was the chastisement of our peace was upon him. We can go through that whole passage. It it all of that happened. But many theologians take it like this, that basically Jesus stomped on the head of Satan so hard it bruised his heel. <laughs> it's pretty powerful. 
And that's basically what happened. But the word head there is the word rosh in the Hebrew, which means authority. So ultimately, God was setting this in motion. He'd already had a plan from the foundation of the world, it said. And so Jesus was already coming at the appointed time. Jesus shows up. He's here in the earth. And he is now, because Adam, he committed treason. He gave over his rights to Satan. So, so now you had the, the God of this world being Satan that, that's operating. The, uh, Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, the spirit that is working in the children of disobedience. It's a spirit that's at work. And, and so that, that thing's there, but it, it, er, before the cross it had a lot, it had authority in that. It didn't just have power, it had authority, it had rights because Adam and Eve had sinned. And so the only way they were breaking that was staying in this place in the covenants, and you follow through the covenants, and you see the blood covenants and what happened in those blood covenants to basically atone for sin, but all of a sudden it comes to the Lamb of God, the perfect spotless Lamb of God, Jesus, and it says, He took away the sins of the world. And so now he crushes the authority. He takes it back. And now Jesus is there with the keys of the kingdom. And he's given it to his offspring through the lineage of Abraham. Because if you are in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so what is that? If you're an heir, you've inherited something, and you need to get in your Bible, and you need to find out what all it did that entail. Man, I'm telling you, Abraham was blessed. He was blessed. There is nothing wrong with being blessed. Listen, if you see somebody getting blessed, getting, they're, they're prospering, they, they, they're having a good life, don't get jealous, say amen. God's got enough for them and you. Amen? It's not like they took yours. Step up. <laughs> Engage, believe God. What does that look like? And a lot of it has to do with calling. It's okay to be content in your calling and what you do. It's vital. All of us have a role. And if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, your heirs to certain promises, certain things that God intends for you to possess. Well, what was some of those things? Well, in the life of Jesus, you see where he, in his interaction with people, this Abrahamic covenant was talked about. Even though, honestly, it had moved past it, it, because there was the Davidic covenant that was there. That was after, right? And yet, Father Abraham, they kept referring to Father Abraham. Abraham, the father of our faith, he believed God when there was no logical explanation of why he would believe God. 
other than taking God at his word. And because of that level of belief, his actions, his corresponding actions, how he lived his life was very different. Now, so Jesus shows up, and Jesus is flipping the religious order on its head. See, a lot of people, they, they, want, they want Jesus to just fit in this little box. And they just want it to be brought out on Sundays, and we just do our little ritual thing, and then we put Jesus back in the box and set it back on the shelf so that the rest of the week we just live our lives. And we live how we want to live. But that's not, again, sound theology. This is, this is about a, a life if you are a true Christ follower, then there are things that we don't get a say in. So there's a whole lot about going around our rights. If our rights are somehow separate from the rights of what Jesus has given us, and we somehow begin to equate or elevate certain rights beyond Scripture, then we, beyond what the Word says, then we've got a problem. We have a, a conflict there. That's why I said in the beginning that I think part of the biggest challenge right now is we have, we have a movement that has moved away from actual, what the Word says, having a biblical worldview. Here's what the Word says. Otherwise, you're going to read something and be influenced by something or quote someone, and it's not biblical. It's not sound. What's the Bible teach? And, and the other part of that is you can't take just one Scripture and try to build a whole religion or a whole doctrine on it. You have to take... What, is, what does God say about that whole content and bring it together and be able to properly interpret, allowing Scripture to interpret Scripture? Otherwise, you got craziness. Kids were talking to us about, you know, I, I had pretty much ditched Netflix and was done, and they were talking about the FLDS group, you know, that, that of course, was here in West Texas and some of that that had gone on, and, and I had had some interaction and some things there, and, and so I was intrigued by it and see what they said about it, and so I looked at it. Again, it just, it's like, it's insane how people get duped in that kind of way, and that's very, very extreme religious order, you know, and, and are doing absolutely crazy stuff. But yet in the same way, I look at across the world, and it's crazy what other, even other religions, when you think about Hindus, you know, when, you, when you're driving around India, and I've been there, and you're seeing the dude sitting out in the cow field, and he's smearing cow poop all over him, worshiping something, I'm like, dude, you, you not only need help with your religion, you need a bath. <laughs> you know? When you have, 
You know, the, the radicals in Islam that, that, you know, really push that whole aspect of everyone else is an infidel, and even moderate Muslims are an infidel. So the more extreme they get, the more they just, they'll kill everybody. Because <laughs> you ain't crazy or religious enough. <laughs> And so we have to check this. Even, even in the political realm, I feel like there's such a polarized thing that has happened. And you have such extremisms on both sides. And it's like, oh, Jesus, could we just get rid of all of them and start over? Is there anybody that has... Is anybody sane anymore? And they just look at things and make a righteous call? I don't care if I make you all mad. <laughs> if it helps get you off of that thing, then... Because we better cling to what the Word says. And so, in this, one of the first things that, that I saw there is Jesus, he comes, he comes up on the scene, and he's, and he's going along, and he looks up, and there's this, this short man... Come on, we know Zacchaeus, right? Wee little man. And he climbed up in that sycamore tree. I'm not going to sing. And Jesus makes eye contact, connection, and says, I'm coming to your house for dinner. And so he, he goes, and of course, the religious folks are going to criticize him because now he's hanging out with this tax collector, this heathen. <laughs> now, here's the thing. He was Jewish. It, isn't it interesting that religion, it, it, it has such hypocrisy. It, it, they they want to claim, in their confrontation with Jesus, they want to claim just because of their Jewishness that they belong to Abraham. But when it came to Zacchaeus, because he had sided with the Romans and was, was employed by them to collect taxes, he wasn't, even though he was born a Jew. But isn't it interesting in that story of how salvation came because Jesus goes and has this meal with Zacchaeus, and I, I won't have time to go into all of it because I want to hit a couple other things here, but, but in this meeting with him, he obviously is ministering to Zacchaeus, and... As he's ministering to Zacchaeus, something happened. You don't see where Jesus told him, hey, you need to go make things right. You need to pay back everybody you defrauded. You need to... hey, Jesus didn't say any of that. What did Jesus do? Just be Jesus. Come on. And he's just there. And Zacchaeus obviously had this, this impact with truth. Because remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so he's confronted by this truth, but this lifestyle and this something that was real. He wasn't rejected. Like religious order had rejected Zacchaeus. But the powerful thing of this, that, that 
when it talks about this in Luke 19, it, he, he makes this statement. He said, today salvation, because Zacchaeus on his own says, you know what, I'm going to go pay people back. If I defrauded, come on, if I. He knew he did. <laughs> if I've stolen, if I've taken anything, I'm going to go make it right. I mean, Zacchaeus is going through. He's, there's this, this outward working, not from a place of legalism, but from a place of heart transformation that I've just encountered Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And I'm going to, this has changed me, and I'm going to go live different. And Jesus makes this statement, today salvation, isn't this powerful? Wholeness, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, again, connects that? He didn't say, oh, he's a child of God. No, a friend of God. Come on, I'm, I'm, I, I know you hear me from time to time mess with songs because I think a, a lot of them, they feel so good and they just such heartstring tuggers and it's like, but theologically, they're not even sound or they don't go far enough. Some of them ain't worth the paper they've been written on. <laughs> How about start writing some music? Somebody hear me. How about start writing some music that comes out of the Word of God again? It has some scripture in it. Why? Because the Word is what? One word from God will transform a life. People's opinion don't matter. What's the Word say? In the midst of all this controversy and stuff that started going on this week, what did I do? I posted some scripture argue with that i didn't say it <laughs> the word it's the word of god you got a problem take it up with him amen salvation has come to this house because he's a son of abraham who was a friend of god see this abraham the friend of god lived his life differently his whole belief system was why he did everything that he did. Now, did he, listen, and I know that Romans says Abraham didn't waver at the promise of God. That is specific, I believe, to a certain point. In, the, in that early process, you see a whole lot of jacked up stuff with Abraham. He made some mistakes. Come on, when you let your, your wife talk you into taking and now you've got two women in the house. I'm trying to be nice here. I wanted to say you've got double trouble, but anyway, I, I better stay away from that, right? I didn't say that. <laughs> and, but at some point, Abraham shifted. And you can see it scripturally if you go back and study it when he shifted. And at that point, the miracle started happening. And the promise came. Salvation has come because he's a, what? A son of Abraham. You know what else 
not only does salvation come to us, but there, and there's so many other things, and I'm not going to have time to get to all these, but I want to hit this one because I just thought this is so powerful here in, in, in Luke 13. When Jesus shows up, it's on the Sabbath, and Jesus did this multiple times. He really wanted to jack with the religious leaders of the day. And so Jesus shows up, and there's this woman, it says, that has been bent over for 18 years. Come on, if you, if you were bent over and you were not able to look up 18 years, and it says that Jesus lays his hands on her and heals her, and she goes upright, and it says, then they begin to glorify God. Come on, church was on. Some of you if, you, if you, if you don't know how to shout or dance or, you know, get your groove on, you would have problems in that in environment. Because I believe when it said that they began to glorify God, there was a shout going on. There was a response that, I mean, come on. If you were bent over 18 years and you just got completely hit, how many of you would have your shout on? How many of you would have some dance in your, in your, in your moves? And, and here, but again, the religious people, here's the Pharisees. What's he doing? He's healing on the Sabbath. Immediately, they got to find an angle. They can't. They can't just celebrate. They can't enter in. And, and, and just the life of this woman has just been impacted and transformed. And wow. Can't just rejoice over that. They got to make a deal. They got to, come on, how many of you have ever met some of those religious folks that are just mean-spirited? They just got to always be on the negative. They always got to be attacking something. They always got to, now again, like I said, nothing wrong with inspecting what you expect, allowing the Word of God to work, allowing the Holy Spirit to bring some conviction, and, and, and for us to align our lives more to what God said. Absolutely all of that, but not from the wrong spirit of this thing. See, many of the prophets today are saying that this next big move of God is going to be another holiness revival. But I pray to God that it's not that outward thing that people then begin to try to portray as what is holy. Because I believe it should work from the inside and the fruit of the Spirit should be manifest. That's real holiness. Do you look more like Jesus? Do you act more like Jesus? Do you talk more like Jesus? Is your attitude more like Jesus? He says, he makes this statement. He calls them hypocrites. He just, I mean, just. <laughs> See, if you're looking for a nice Jesus, sometimes you need to just read your Bible. And Jesus, he wasn't no wimp. He didn't roll over in the midst of controversy. He didn't step back from it. He just, again, went, went to the Word 
And so he says, then he, then he answered him and said, hypocrite. Does not each of you, so they, they were mad because, uh, again, they were looking for an angle. that He healed on the Sabbath, and they said, there's six days to work. Maybe I need a whole sermon on that. There's six days to work. There's six days to work. Maybe over here. There's six days to work. <laughs> Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Bible says you don't take care of your own, you're worse than an infidel. Whew, okay, I'll leave that alone. A lot of people need to go back to work. Now, do it healthy. You don't have to work three or four jobs like some of you were doing, but just do what the Word says. You'll be blessed. Six days you shall work. So you need to heal her on one of those six days. Don't do it on Sabbath. So Jesus said, hypocrite, does, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not, look at this. I love the way Jesus just brings us down. So, so shouldn't this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, I'm telling you, if you if you'll let this thing really settle in your heart before you leave here today and you start going, you know what? I'm a child of God, but I'm of the lineage of Abraham. He is a prosperous dude. I mean, the guy was blessed. Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan bound? When I'm praying for someone, they're in the midst of a battle physically, say with cancer. I don't ever question. Well, I wonder if God's doing that to teach them something. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not of God. That's whom Satan is doing that. Whom Satan is bound. Jesus brought clarity to that thing. Listen, this woman was bound not because of something God was doing to her that God was teaching her. No, it was obvious to Jesus that Satan had done this. And so Jesus, it's only the right thing to do, her being a daughter of Abraham, that she gets set free. And, and, and look at this. So being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan is bound, and then I love the way King James says this. Think of it. It's like Jesus went, hello. <laughs> I'm telling you, he was messing with them. <laughs> hello. Think of it. For 18 years being loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Why not on the Sabbath? Why not on the Lord's Day? That's the day that... We want to embrace and allow God to bring, change, transform, do all that he wants to do. Mm. And really that last one that I just, I'm going to close with this in my closing here. And I'm, so I'm going to wrap this up. Because some of you are going to enter in. You're going to start declaring, I'm an heir. 
I'm an heir. Somebody has left me an inheritance. That's what an heir means. Some of you have been living below what God intended. But here's, here's where I want to go. Because in John 8, you see this, this major conflict that's happening between Jesus and the religious order of the day. And basically, this, this is the scripture. If you go back and read Romans chapter 8, you'll see where Jesus, where the, the, the Pharisees are basically saying, because of my Jewishness, I'm simply a child of God. Well, Grandma was a Christian. Christian. Does that make me a Christian? I showed up at church one time. I got water baptized. I sat close enough that I was in the spit zone, and Pastor Walt spit on me. <laughs> <laughs> that make you a Christian? No. Jesus, I mean, he confronts these guys. And basically he tells them, he said, if you were a true child of Abraham, you would do the life, the works that Abraham did. You'd live how he lived. What is that? By faith. By believing. When you go back and you really, that's why they call him the father of our faith. Paul wrote that in Romans, referring to Abraham, the father of our faith. It's, it's not by the works of legalism, but it's by the works because of our faith that we're going to have this corresponding action. Abraham, he was a tither. That was for the law. Go back and read it. Read it for yourself. He, he took a tenth of the spoil and gave it to Melchizedek, the high priest. He was a tither before the law. He was generous. He lived so much by faith when, when him and, and uh, his nephew you know, had conflict. He's like, you know what? You can pick whatever land, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do there, you know, with your, with your tribe, and, and I'll take what's left. He just knew God's going to bless him. Isn't that, isn't that a different way of living life? That he just believed God. God said. God said. God said. And because God said, it's just settled. I'm just blessed. Can they look at us and truly see that at work in us? And some of it, I think that we can grow in this and deepen our whole overall, the, the, the spiritual formation. See, this is what's got to happen is the whole aspect of coming to church and, and becoming a Christ follower and being discipled is that there's spiritual formation that happens. It's not outward behavior modification, but there's an, a working from within so that my life 
it represents him it's different the world can see that we're different not because of all the outward stuff that we start doing but it's by this heart response but from this heart response there is doing and out of that James says because you have these visible evidences of a life truly sold out by faith he connects those works in faith he said you can be like Abraham you can be a friend of God you want to be a friend of God today come on think think about that you want to be a friend of God I want to be a friend of God I ask you to bow your head just for a moment father we just thank you for your goodness Lord, we talked about salvation, healing and wholeness, and just the blessing that Abraham had in his life and, and, and connecting that to, to from the very beginning of, of time, but as it came down through the lineage and with Abraham being that father of our faith, Lord, I pray that we'll connect these dots in our heritage, in our beliefs, and that because of that, we're able to take that kind of stand, just like when that woman was attacked and was, was freed from that bondage, being a daughter of Abraham, that even with those kinds of bondages and other bondages that the enemy has, has created on people and in lives of people, that there's freedom coming even now. Why? Because it, why shouldn't it be so? Why shouldn't it be so? This is the kingdom of God. Father, let the kingdom of God fall in this place and let us embrace it and step into it and not be dictated on what the world's kingdom says, but by what the kingdom of God says. Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you for your blessing. Listen, if you're here and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life right now, just say, Jesus. Just say it out loud. Jesus, come into my heart. Just tell him, be my Lord and Savior. I surrender all to you. Just give him your whole heart right now. Father, we thank you for that. We bless you. God calls our lives to be different. Help our lives to not, in a wrong way, push people away. Help us to be strong in our faith and hold the truth and live truth. But God, help us to continue to walk it out in grace and mercy so that others will experience you in the world in which we live. And we give you praise and glory for it. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to close with this. I didn't plan on this, but... Um, we were in Israel recently, and we were able to go to...
Jericho. And some of you may have, I don't know how much I've shared here. I share back and forth and online. Please keep me in prayer. On Tuesday morning, I preached to Pakistan again and uh, from Dallas, from a studio. And uh, we'll be broadcasting in the nation of Pakistan and preaching the gospel. And so um, please keep us in prayer in that. But um, when we were in Israel, we were... Um, and there's a ministry that, that we're connected to and supporting and ramping up that support and looking at, at doing more, and it's amazing. But there's a lady there, Jessica, that, that heads up the, the, the actual Christian school in Jericho. And you got to remember the percentage of Christian, true, real Christian. I know there's a lot of Greek Orthodox and a lot of others, but, man, when you talk to these folks, they are full-on, spirit-filled, Jesus-loving Christians. And they're in Jericho, and so you're, you're they're, they're, and again, they're Arab, so they're not Jewish, they're Arab, but they're bridging this gap, and they're, and they're primarily working with Muslim children that are in the school, and yet they're teaching them to love and not hate. They're teaching them biblical truths of Christ-likeness, <laughs> And, and their influence and what they're doing there. And they're, they're, they're working to break that cycle of hate. You know, racism has to be taught. <laughs> you, you, you throw a bunch of little kids in a room. They don't see color. They're just kids. That stuff gets taught. And they're working with these kids to stop the hate. And to really live out love and as she shared her testimony um, I just I, I literally wept the whole time and we're looking at bringing that team hopefully here this fall and be able to have them here and and I hope that that she'll be able to share a testimony it may have to be on a on a Wednesday or whatever but but if, if possible Cotter who heads up the ministry there seeds of hope he, he has he has presented here and and uh, shared about the ministry but be in prayer. I mean, they are so persecuted from the religious side, from a lot of the religious Christian side, but definitely from the Muslim side, for the, from that, that part of, and, and they're living there. But they're living their faith. Folks, sometimes we think we have it hard. <laughs> if you've ever been to Jericho, you will shout hallelujah for West Texas. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> it's like, who would want to live here? And then to have to put up with all this. And yet, they're calling their love for what they're doing. And, I, and I'm, just, I'm just thinking again, something happens when, when God calls when God puts that on the inside of you. You'll live your life differently, so much so that you'll do things that maybe you didn't want to do. And there may be more of a commitment upon the church in the days ahead to step up, to be the church. Sometimes political things shift and things can move and I think it's an opportunity for the church to rise up and be the church. 
And I just pray that you'll be willing to embrace that to be Jesus to the world. Amen. I know that Miss Amber is going to come and close us out, but we love you. God bless you.